Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to whatever the summer version of our normal Spotify lives are. I've yet to come up with a catchy name. I'm pretty good at bullshit branding, but there's only like five of these summer league games. So we will see what goes on. As you guys know, I did not record one late last night following the Mavs super late summer league game, largely because I just don't have the bandwidth. And I think uh, as LeBron James has shown everyone today, there's you, you don't always need to talk. Um, so the, the Mavericks just got destroyed by the Phoenix Suns, losing their second straight game, or really third straight game. <laughs> What's wrong with me? But this is the first game where they were worked pretty good from pillar to post. Um, Jaden Hardy continues to look 19, I think, is is really the you know, however old he is, is, is kind of my first takeaway. I think after three games, I feel fairly confident in the early assessment that he is not a point guard, which again is fine. I think the Mavericks forcing him to play point guard is actually probably not the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, Ethan in the chat says, hopefully this changes the stance on Hardy being a rotation contributor. You know, it sort of depends on what he does. I mean, his shot is gorgeous. I really like watching him catching and shooting. And when he does stuff off of maybe like one to two dribbles, there's just real Tim Hardaway vibes for me. You know, Timmy, whenever he over dribbled, it was awful. Uh, But, you know, one to two, it's fine. Power dribbling, moving to a spot, you do what you do. But past that, it was really, really pretty rough. Um, I spent a significant portion of these last two games trying to tune out, uh, apparently once, uh, apparently like future Mavs employee, Greg Anthony, who, um, spent a, just so much time, like talking about how great the Mavericks have done and just like a very confusing, um, you know, series of statements and, you know, it was, it was like very clear in the game yesterday where you'd seen him talking to Mark Cuban, and then he gets up and talks about how, how well they've done and how, you know, Cuban's now giving the front office room to operate and just a bunch of stuff that, like, to be quite honest, is not like, – we're not able to corroborate, corroborate that. I don't want to say it's not the truth, but, you know, when you're out there and, and you see, you know, uh, anybody talking about uh, this is what they're saying – Unless there's, you know, like multiple sources corroborating that the Mavericks are now run by a front office where Mark Cuban's hands are off of it, which I've not seen in over a year. I'm not particularly interested in what we're being told. Um, And then, you know, we we had television today where Mark, you know, and yesterday, uh, Tim, uh, or I'm sorry, (laughs) yesterday, Jason uh, Kidd got up and, and was was pretty interesting on the broadcast, I thought today. Um, Greg St. Jean got up and gave probably, you know, one of the more compelling defenses of what the Mavericks have done to date, really enjoyed listening to him. Um, and then they also spark spoke to Mark Cuban who had the utter gall to say that it, the Mavericks will easily replace Jalen Brunson's scoring. He specified scoring. <sighs> I still hate the comment. I just hate it. I would like it so much better if the Mavericks would just say Jalen Brunson got away. This wasn't the best thing to happen to us, but there's just this constant projection of strength in the face of facts. And, you know, we around here in Texas have been dealing with the potential of like rolling blackouts. And 
you, there's just not an upside to a rolling blackout. A blackout is a blackout. When you're without power and it's 105 degrees, things suck. When you lose your second best player, that sucks. I'm opening. I'm, I'm really open to hearing the argument that you know what Xavier has told us repeatedly, going on like a year, that this could make the Mavericks better in the long term because it doesn't tie them down. I'm fine with that. Fine with it. I think it's a good argument. I'm not sure if I agree with it, but it's logic-based. But to say that the guy in Christian Wood, who we're apparently bringing off the bench, according to Tim Cato, and Tim Hardaway Jr., who was horrendous last season, are easily going to replace that scoring, speaks to an, a, a reality which I I just it, – it requires a lot of faith, and it's frustrating to me. Uh, Nico Harrison at least got up there and, and addressed Mark Cuban's – uh, I'm sorry, uh, addressed Luka Doncic's quotes uh, that he gave to the overseas uh, organization or not uh, media outlet Marca, I think it was. And granted, you know, I've, I've had some spirited debates about the translation of what Luka had to say in, in that um, publication. But I watched the video. I watched like tone, I think, is sometimes as important as what people said. You know, Luca saying that free agency has just begun is like factually incorrect. Like free agency is over. So I don't really know what to do with that one. But he, he you know, he said he does want, want to win a championship in Dallas and that he doesn't know what the future holds. Um, I'm okay with those statements. Those things are both fine, but they weren't exactly glowing endorsements of what Dallas has done. And NBA TV decided to paint those things as such. And that is, is really, really not great. Um, we've had a lot of comments. I'm going to have to go back and read them through. Come up and talk, and let's just talk about the game or anything else we want to talk about, and we will go forth. So coming up first, Michael. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? That's going. You can tell I'm a little full of piss and vinegar. I'm tired tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you have a – we're starting a green room at, like, midnight, then something is definitely, like, on your mind, I imagine. Um, well, half my staff is asleep, and nobody wanted to do a recap pod. So, you know, a little calm A, a little calm B. As as Krishna says, we are sickos. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think if anyone watched that entire game we just watched, then, yeah, you're a certified sicko. Because, uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty rough thing to see. And I think the uh, I think the Hardy hype train is uh, a little bit uh, – you can kind of – put away the anointing oil, if you can probably say. I mean, I, the Hardy stuff is interesting to me because I think if you – what it really depends on what your personal level of expectations are for me. For me, through three games, he's looked his age, and he's done some very interesting, specific things. I will also say there it's very clear the why that he was not a lottery pick despite at one point being a top-two player in the nation. I have no idea how he was ever a top two player in the nation after watching him through these games. That's not to say he's bad. It's just through the level of competition, he does not have a first step at all. Um, but what he does have is a series of like very smooth moves. And I will say I like how he's attacked, but past game one, he's not been able to finish. And not finishing was his biggest challenge in the, uh, in the G League. So I'll be I'll be interested to see how much he can learn, what sort of strength he can develop. Like he has a great frame. He looks like he belongs out there. So these are these are good starting points. What do you think? Yeah, I 
I will agree with you on the frame, like the length. You can definitely see how. I guess I would say you can picture uh, what his role could be on the team, but it's, it's very, it's very raw still. Like it's just like there will be occasions where you can see he has some very advanced dribble moves, right? I think we saw a little bit of that in the first game. But then for every one of those moves, he just loses the ball on the simple crossover. He basically cannot handle. Oh, he has no left hand. Like like they need to tie his right hand behind his back and just make him do left-handed stuff because he's so smooth with his right hand. And then he goes to his left hand and it's, it's really, it's just, it's hilarious. I I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. I, I definitely think that some time with Shamgod could help. Um, also, I also am a little bit concerned with his inability to get separation uh, on his jumper. Like, I think he's had his three-point shot blocked, like, at least four or five times in the summer league, and that's just not what you would want to see. Um, it's just a little bit of a slow release, just kind of seems like a low release point. And he definitely needs to uh, make that a little bit quicker, I think. I think so. I do. But, you know, it, the, the, the kind of comp or really like the, the slot point needs to be thinking of what sort of shots is he going to be getting if he plays with Luca or Spencer Dimwitty? And for me, it's corner threes or it's threes just above the break, like the kind of things Dorian Finney-Smith was taking as the year goes along. And with the mechanics that he has right now, I don't feel terrible about that. Like, Watching Josh Green shoot physically pains me every time he does it because there's such a – I mean, it's not a fair comparison point, but, like, as I teach my six-year-old how to shoot, it's just a lot of – like, it can't be this much of a thought process. It's a a rise and fire situation, and that's what Jaden Hardy does. Uh, But I I do understand what you mean about elements of of maybe being a little slow at times. I just – I don't know. There's a smoothness and a confidence in it that I don't think you can, that you can teach. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, we'll have to see. I'm not, I don't think that like, okay, this is going to be a little bit difficult to explain, but I agree with you that I think that he will definitely look a lot better if he's playing next to like a true ball handler, like Spencer or Luca. But sure. I have very, I have a very difficult time imagining that his role will be anything like that. Like obviously not next oh, year. No. But even I guess, I guess my point is like I'm not sure how he even like jumps into the rotation, right? Because like on like in like in like the second unit, right? He'd probably be asked to be maybe like a sixth man, like you know, uh, like like one of the one of those like th like like Tim. Um, Tim-esque role where he's just like, you know, a lightning bug point, like not a point guard, but guard off the bench who's just going to score, right? And I'm not sure if he really has the juice for that yet. Um, but yeah, Any, anyway, uh, the, the, the real thing that I actually wanted to uh, talk to you about, though, was just kind of what you were um, uh, just kind of waxed poetic about to start off. Which you can is, say rambling like a drunken madman, even though I'm not. No, no, I... Those, <laughs> these interviews are infuriating to me, because it just seems like, okay, it's, it's, it's weird how, like, the, we were getting blown out all night, and for some reason, all the interviews were like Mavericks interviews, like, there's, like, apparently no Suns, like, like, did they have a single, oh. like, interview with the Suns? I was very confused I with mean, all that. 
James Dar- James um what's up? James Jones doesn't seem to think much for for like youth you know younger player evaluation and then their owner is under investigation so I'm not really sure who else could be there. Yeah, I guess maybe some part of their coaching staff, but like it is it's just un- it's just frustrating how I don't know like the the characterization of Luca's comments was especially was really something how uh, he was. I mean, it wasn't the he's, truth. He's very. It was like a it was a misreading of what he had to say. Where it's like, oh, he has a lot of confidence. Yeah, he, that's, that's it, what he said. Pretty much the by like the exact opposite of how all the fan base like um probably took it, and probably also the opposite of how Nico took it. If you kind of see how he reframed it into immediately being like, yeah, we have to prove to Luca that we love that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I think that's good. Like, I think it shows that Nico, you know, if the if you know if it wasn't already clear that you know he at least knows the point of what Luca was trying to get at there. So I think that's positive. Yeah. But just I would like one of these interviews to actually ask in one of these interviews. Okay, how are you going to replace the ball handling? Like a little bit more specific, and you know, not like a gotcha question really. Because up to this point, everyone has just been like, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, you know, you lost Jalen Brusson, but like Howard, you know, but you got JaVale McGee and that kind of gives them a chance to say, ah, yeah, you know, we think that, you know, we can replace the scoring, but, you know, I guess I'm just interested in how they would respond with like a more pointed question that's just, okay, if Luca or Spencer get hurt, which, you know, Luca missed 17 games last year and Spencer obviously is still recovering from his ACL. If one of them get hurt, or if one of them are in foul trouble, what's the plan? Like, yep. they're they're really can't be rolling out either Tim or Frank or Josh Green at backup point guard if one of them go down for any reason, injuries or foul trouble. Who knows? So I don't know. I I, I don't I don't want to take up any more time, but it's just very frustrating me that it's been like we're now like over a week and a half into free agency, and it really is difficult to see how aside from like a you know, the fallout of some KD trade, which might not happen for months, or like a Kyrie trade, which who knows when that could happen. Just short of that, how, like what avenue there is to get a third ball handler. Like I was oh, hoping it would be Drogic, sure. and that obviously was not the case. And I just don't really know what to look for. Look for. Like, or I don't know what's going to happen. Like I'm actually thinking that we might miss Trey Burke. I can't believe I, I'm going to say that, but... I he might actually have been useful. Oh well. Love it, Michael. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks for letting me ramble. Oh, I mean that's what rambling is for the middle of uh, middle of July when we have like three solid months till NBA basketball. Um, I'll say that that this sort of stuff becomes slightly difficult if you. So for. Uh, I've been, you know, despite protestations otherwise, myself and Mavs Moneyball have actually been pretty low-key on the criticism of what we have seen so far in the offseason, largely because I don't think any of us can believe that they're done. Tim Cato sort of echoed that sentiment today on his 77 Minutes in Heaven podcast, the worst-named Mavs podcast in history. Just kidding, Tim. I love you. Um Great intro song, as as Castro points out there in the chat. Oh, Tim, Krishna, Tim is like Tim's my old boss. I have to give him grief. Um, anyhow, he said on his very good podcast today that he doesn't think they're done either, and 
if if that's the case, it sort of makes a number of my current criticisms moot. And so like there just there needs to be that level of hedge. What I don't love is that there is a um there's there's just a reluctance to say by anyone else that to date this has sucked. And it drives me a little bit crazy because it's okay to say that to date this has stunk. Luca more or less indicated that it stunk in his comments. So I don't know. You know, Mr. Volo in the chat says, I never thought Kirk would ever be more optimistic than me. Then here we are. It's mainly just because I I don't, I can't believe that they would end with two ball handlers. Like it's, it's like Michael just said, you know, that maybe we're longing for Trey Burke. Um, I I still, for, for all of my sort of like raking them over the coals, I want to, I, I also would like to hedge in that, you know, if they move away from Dwight Powell for anything, it's going to have to be a, oh, that's really interesting. You know, like uh, I'm very into Mike Conley, for example, but that's because I've loved Mike Conley since he was at Ohio State, not for any rational reason. I mean, he's my, he's close to my age. Anyways, we got a number of people waiting, so we're going to fly through them. Sam, what's up tonight, buddy? Hey, what's up, Kirk? How you doing? I'm okay. Victor in the chat wants us to know that uh, Dennis Schrader is out there. And Dirk didn't even want him on the German national team at one point, I think. So I don't think the Mavericks will take him. But that's just me. What are you thinking tonight? Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll pass on Schroeder. Um, that's just my opinion as well. But um, it, it's funny because I've been thinking about it over the last couple of weeks, and then especially with Kid, you know, talking about the starting lineup. And I, I realize what he's trying to do because obviously everybody knows he was on the Lakers uh, before he came to Dallas. And they were huge. They were a huge team. Yeah, when, when they won the championship, it was McGee, Davis, James. It was just tall on top of tall so it was you know they were a huge team so i see what they're trying to do but then you know the report comes out that christian will might come off the bench and then it's like okay so i think i know what they're trying to do at this point and i think that's the problem that we're all having as mass fans we don't know what they're trying to do like okay they want to do this they want to have this starter lineup but they sign this guy it's like okay how does he fit you know, you, you get this guy. Okay, okay, how does this guy fit? You lose your ball handler. Well, you know, let's get a replacement. Well, we haven't got a replacement yet. And I'm in the same camp as you. As I want to hope that they're not done yet, but it's starting to get to the point. It's like, man, maybe they are done. <laughs> so I mean, well, I mean, they're waiting for anything related to to Durant and Kyrie. And I and I say that in the sense of not that they're waiting for to have a chance of them. They're waiting for peripheral fallout, like. Kessler Edwards, who was a guy that went to my alma mater at at Pepperdine University, and he's the sort of guy that I would scream if they managed to get because he's just like a developmental wing prospect that has some flashes. I don't know if he'd work with Dallas, for example, because I I, I don't know team fit, but that's the sort of thing that they're talking about. Like that was why when the morning I got on the plane to go to Vegas and I, I, you know, just judging by the multiple European contacts were like, Hey, the Mavericks are signing, you know, what's his name? And ended up being for a two-way contract. Where it was like, oh no. So I just I I have to give them the benefit of the doubt in this situation. I do think that they've earned it. Where I get vexed is less the hey, trust us, that's fine. More more than I do the PR shit, where it's like, we're gonna be great, don't worry. Like they did that with Dirk for too long and wasted a lot of his years, and that stuff makes me mad. That's all. 
and, and, yeah, and I, and I get that. It's just the fact that I've said this before on the on on here is that the thing that I hate about this team, just in general, is they're always having to wait for the move before they can make the move. It's like it's pretty much been since Lucas been here. Well, it's but like, okay. but that's that's what you do, and this is why I you know I I am I went and looked at my tweets about a month ago. I did not like the Kristaps Porzingis trade. I really did not like the five years guaranteed. I mean, when you when you continually make bets that have long term consequences, this is where we are. I mean, the Mavericks. It's got to be stated, the Mavericks can't realistically, unless they get the Knicks to agree to take the first round, um, uh, the the top ten projections off the first round pick for twenty twenty three. The earliest the Mavericks can trade a pick is their twenty twenty seven pick. Like it's crazy right now. So it's the Mavericks just don't have a lot of flexibility. And this is the sort of stuff Josh and I were crowing about for years. And it's not this front office's fault. They have to just make do with what's there. Yeah, that's right. I'm not blaming Nico at all. He's just working with what he got. I mean, like we the Mavs have just been unlucky in general. I mean, we had a horrible season and then we end up picking fifth, so we have to make a trade to the Hawks to get right. Luca. Like look. Little stuff like that is like, okay, now we got to throw in two first-round picks. And I don't know how negotiations were going with the whole KP thing, but we threw in those picks. And it's like, okay, now we don't have those picks. And then, like you said, we give KP a five-year deal with no protections on it at all. So it's like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> and then you know, with the whole Donnie Nelson draft, leaving the draft room, I don't want to talk about that anymore because that was ridiculous. So it's just like ever since then, it's just been wrong. It's, I say it's just been unlucky, sure. terrible. Yes. Long, yeah. Just stuff like that. And now we're having to pay the consequences for it. So it's kind of hard to make a move whenever you kind of put it. I mean, look at the Lakers. You know, they were talking about trading. Yes. John, what's the risk for John Wall? But the Rockets wanted a 2027 20, first round pick and they don't have any more picks. So it's like, what, what are you going to yeah. do? So I hope they're not done. I mean, usually summer league is whenever deals happen. Most of the time, it's just everybody's there, I feel like. So. Yeah. I would think, well, I guess, like you yeah. said, we have to wait for the KD Kyrie thing to kind of shake out. But if, if this is it, you know, just hypothetically, if this is it and this would be going to the season with, you got Luca. I can't keep saying you got Luca because, or, like the last guy said, you're one injury away from what are you going to do? Yeah. So that's what I mean. Where, but I think that. As frustrated as I am with the comments, and it's just the comments, it's just PR. Uh, you know, Mark and I casually disagreed about this when he came on the show. I get it. The only people who are watching an NBA TV summer league game in the middle of July are us. I mean, like, look at the size of the room here. Like, we normally draw like 200. Nobody cares right now. It's just us. <laughs> oh, well. Well, Sam, you got anything else? No, I'll let some other people get. I think I've. All right, enough. appreciate you, buddy. Hope we talk soon. Hey, have a good night. Yep. All right, let's go with my man. Oh, I was just arguing with him. Hi, Jonas. Welcome. What's up? Hey, how's it going, Kirk? It's going. It's going. I should go to bed. I didn't know it was twelve forty-five, but whatever. Yeah, it's late. I'm on the West Coast. I was surprised you guys were up in Dallas. Uh, hey, I just wanted to. Cuban is, you know. Between the mismanagement of, of this team and, and with Donnie Jr. 
and and also what's gone on to you know real people's lives in in the whole sexual assault and everything going on i i'm starting to think he's he's one of the worst owners in sports honestly um i'm just i'm i'm so tired of it he wasted all of dirk's years uh except for the one and yeah man i just i'm getting really sick of it well Last summer, I wrote a, a piece on him, and I, I have it pulled up because I linked to it in the thing I wrote that basically it was titled, Less of Mark Cuban Might Be More. And I still greatly value Mark Cuban in a big picture sense. There are just moments where I wish that he would either say less or not be available, and it's just never going to be the case. I think that, you know... Finally moving on from Rick Carlisle, though it wasn't his choice seemingly, and then moving on from Donnie Nelson, which he had to do kind of in a reluctant fashion when Tim Cato's story came out last summer. I would say that I think there are elements of Mark Cuban's last 10 years where I wish he would have been more proactive. He told me, you know, if you were me, wouldn't you do the same stuff I do, meaning being heavily involved? And I told him, yeah, but I think there's also a little bit, you know, of reluctance to move on from people. And that's, that's part of being a manager. If you're going to be hands-on, then you need to make the tougher choices. And there are elements of things that happened from like 2016 to 2020 where he wasn't very good at that. I mean, our site covered it relentlessly. It was not fun. And it's, that's where it gets frustrating because it's like, I just want to talk about the basketball, but you can't ignore some of that stuff because it all plays into what you mentioned in terms of just being an owner. And I don't know. I, I, I understand why he does what he does, but it's like you come out tonight and it's, it's, he makes a kind of benign comment about, oh, you know, the, the Matt will be able to easily replace Jalen Brunson. Like that, just that, that like adding on easily. Didn't need to be said. It's just it's like stop like stop doing that sort of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just I just can't. I, I my dad used to always tell me growing up, as my dad grew up a Cowboys fan and grew up in Dallas and, and told me that, you know, he stopped rooting for the Cowboys the day Jerry Jones uh, fired Jimmy Johnson. So I was just Sure. I was just and and now I as I've grown up as a Mavs fan, I've always been way more into the Mavs. And, and I'm like, man, it was really, it was Dirk keeping us there the whole time. I mean, like, it's the way they treated his career. I mean, the fact that he was so loyal, I, I, I can't believe it. Um, I definitely wouldn't have been that loyal. That's for sure. Well, and, and that's, I, you know, I'm glad you said that because that's a level of our consternation that exists where, there are things framed in a way through the lens of Dirk that I don't think is wise to count on. I think Luca loves Dirk Nowitzki. That much is clear, but I, he is not Dirk Nowitzki and he's going to do what's best for him. So some of the like hand wringing that I do on a regular basis comes from that, that notion. And, you know, I would love to watch Luca for his entire career as a Maverick. That, that's what I want. And that's where a lot of this, you know, that's where a lot of it comes from, at least for me. Yeah. Same, same here. It's, just, it's all, I, I think it was the, the meme you posted with the dominoes that they kind of creeps <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> but, I actually uh, stole it from my co-editor, Josh, who did something like much more basic, but it's just, 
It's like <laughs> these little ticks, and I don't, you know, you know, Adam Silver actually talked about this today in his summer league press conference, where he's just like, I don't, you know, there's got like there has to be something done about the players opting for trades, but until that happens. You know, you got to, we all have to sort of, you know, at least live with the notion that a disgruntled Luca in two and a half years could do something similar. And none of us want that. And the easiest way to make that happen is to continue to improve. And I know it's not always easy. This year just might be the year where the Mavericks take their medicine. That's sort of a thing I've settled on where. I'm sure they'll still win like 45 games because Luca has a floor, but it's going to be harder, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess the only, oh, this is terrible to say, but uh, how many first-round draft picks, future first-round draft picks, could Luka Doncic get in two years? I mean, like, it's a billion. That's where, like, that's where it's like you, you sort of feel for the front office and even for Donnie Nelson to a degree where it's like you trade two future first for Porzingis, and you're like, this is okay. I can work with this. But then you see Rudy Gobert, who is quietly, if you look at his statistical contributions, like older older players above 7'1", age like bananas on a countertop, and he got five picks. And, like, the Mavericks simply cannot do anything like that. There's the, it, It's not that they wouldn't. It's that they can't. They can't send that much out because they don't have the resources. But, like, it's it's crazy when you think about that sort of thing where it's like, what would a player like him fetch? Like, an entire new franchise? Anyways. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. And uh, what I wanted to end on, last thing I want to say, um, you know, I, I, I'm really looking forward to the day we get the full Jalen Brunson story, uh, what exactly happened there. Uh, but I just – I. I do not understand. I mean, the day you decided to give Porzingis the max was the day that you knew, hey, in two to three years, if Luca is who we think he's going to be, we're going to be over the salary cap to keep this team together. And I know KP is not here anymore, but that's you had to have known that when you gave KP that contract, right? Sorry, I apparently don't know how to use my own app. Um, yes, they had to be thinking this way. I mean, I don't think they ever really knew what to do with Brunson from like a four like four years out. I my favorite take was within days of them drafting Brunson. My buddy Jonathan Shark said that he was going to be better than Dennis Smith Jr. And like I remember thinking that was wild, and it was so correct. And so it's just you know for as good as Brunson was. I can give the Mavericks a little bit of a pass for not knowing he was going to be this good. Like I think Carlisle sort of sort of kept him under wraps. Um, gosh, there's a guy I talk with regularly on Twitter, Tyler, who was telling me like two and a half years ago, like it's Carlisle's a problem. Carlisle's a problem, and I was just like, really? Like I just think he has tunnel vision, and they're not. He was right, and there's not much. You know, it 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 just like seems the Mavericks kind of got caught off guard with it too. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll see what they do. Thanks, Kurt. Sure thing, buddy. Talk soon. Hope you come back. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go to Krishna. What's up tonight, my man? Hey, Kirk, how are you? It's too late for this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. Now that Summer League's happening, I took notes of all these games, and they just make me sadder. Never take notes on Summer League games, because when I'm recapping, it's just like, 
it'll just be like so and so missed a shot, and then repeating that like four times in a row. It's real bad. <laughs> I just took really broad things. I think the thing that was interesting was like obviously Jaden Hardy is the focus, and I do agree with you. He's not a point guard. He's definitely a two guard with like limited, and I, I mean this very very like truthfully limited playmaking. You know, the comparisons of, like, Bradley Beal, I think the one thing you always talk about Bradley Beal is, could he ever be a playmaker? And Bradley Beal's just not, and he's probably never going to be. Do I think Jaden Hardy is that right now or will be that? I can't guarantee that or say that. But I do think he has a better inclination to playmake. Like, I do think he tries to, and that's somewhat positive. Like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's like game situation stuff. Like, I was on the baseline in game one when he overpenetrated and fell down in front of the the Bulls big guy who just cooked us. Um, Some of it. Yeah, yeah and then down. it was – that was a real bad one. And then later in overtime, he tried to – he, like, forcefully tried to split a trap. And I think those sorts of things are correctable given enough film and given enough, like, opportunity. I mean – I, was it Greg St. Jean who was on the uh, on yeah, the broadcast today, where today. today where he's like talking about like you know you got to play through this stuff like he's not going to get these options in the regular season so For- as much as it's like annoying to watch I also don't hate it because it's trying something like it's why I wish Josh Green were to play for sure and I'll be honest I didn't get to hear anything on the broadcast because I was listening to the Isaac and Bobby Corella version so I didn't know anything that was going on so. I didn't hear any of the comments, but um, I think it makes sense. Like that's the point of summer league, like Trey young, like as much as no one wants to bring up Trey young, he was horrendous in a summer league that, that that season. And I don't think anyone cares about that now. Like that, I'm not saying that Gene Hardy is Trey young at all, but it's the time where you experiment and you make mistakes. Cause I think too often we just want players to make the correct decision all the time. And I think, that's sure. not how it works. Like really good players will make mistakes. And then what they do is they learn from the mistakes and then they improve. And I think if we even just look at Jaden Hardy's track record, I think he has a better track record of saying, I've made these mistakes. I'm going to learn from them. And, and even all the stuff like that's talked about before, he does want to learn. Like, I don't think he's so ignorant or so egotistical that he's thinking like i am the the s and and i think no you don't you don't fall to 37 yeah yeah and and come in without a little humility for sure and i think even if he was a top like even if a a lottery late lottery pick like 15 i don't think he would still been like that um but i I do think he's definitely like he's developmental right like and i think that's something that the mavericks have just not had for so so long like I, I was thinking about mistakes and we always talk about like kp trade and all this stuff but one of the mistakes the mavericks have made is even when they draft players they just don't put them in situations that allow them to develop and i mean the the, the tricky part about dallas is that if you look at their past 25 years they just haven't had opportunity even when they drafted Dennis Smith Jr. and then they had already had, I want to say they had had Dorian Finney-Smith for a year at that point, there was a summer league with like Nicholas Brasino, uh, <laughs> Dorian Finney-Smith Finney and Dennis Smith Jr. And I remember, there's probably tweets of this out there, I remember thinking 
Dorian is going to get cut because Dennis Smith is spoon feeding him and he can't hit shots. And it's just the, the real challenge over the last 20 years is like the Mavericks have not ever gone through an extended because, you know, you want to when you rebuild, you realistically what happens is, and I've heard this from, uh, I want to say it was like Sharks, yes, Jonathan Sharks, and then some of the other ringer draft guys. Until you get the guy that you believe is your number one guy, you're constantly rebuilding. It's like the Magic got Paolo uh, Benchero. It's like, okay, is he the number one guy for that team? Uh, maybe really like him, but Probably. until you're confirmed with that, you're just piddling around. And the Mavericks went from, you know, Dirk being really good until like 2015, 2016. Then they had Barnes, who was never that guy, even though he tried. Then they had one year of Dennis, and then they ended up with Luca. So it's like they, and then they, they immediately fast forwarded their timeline where they went from Porzingis. So it's like they, they didn't really have the time to develop guys. Like I, I get a little bit frustrated with elements of the fact, you know, before. Dorian and, and Maxi really showed out, but it's like that's the closest thing they had because they just never had the picks. They've never valued the draft in a significant way, other than a couple of years where they struck absolute gold. For sure, for sure. And there's I, like obviously the thing that's frustrating is it's not like I can go back in time and somehow scream into the draft room, "Hey, don't do this!" But like I think we would all do that in a heartbeat. But it's it, it, it's the question of is this front office learning from those mistakes? I want to say yes, but it's it's obviously way too early to say that. But see, I don't even know if we're ever going to be able to say that because how can you learn from mistakes when you're on the clock with Luca? For sure, for sure, I, I, that's, that's the, the real bitch of this. It's like they were they were given a <laughs> they were given like like a, a sliced open fruit and told but, to make a fruit salad with it, even though it was like halfway decomposed. And you know what's so weird? Because everyone like if you want to compare it, like Giannis. In some ways, you can't compare it because Giannis at this age, at 23, barely averaged 17 points and made an all-star game. Like, Luka entering the league was averaging, what, 25 and 5? Like, that is a stupid thing. Like, that's stupid. And you you almost wonder, like, I'm not going to say it. It's not true. But how much, like, not how much, but the Mavericks made mistakes by not really – just developing players way more. Like I think of the 2013 and the 2014 years where they were barely a playoff team and they had all these super old veterans. And like, I had fun in those years somewhat like the Vince Carter buzzer beater was okay, I guess, but like you would have been much better off drafting talent that was way more complimentary and would have been, well, cause I think of like, I know as much as we hate to say it, like Phoenix in a way, right? Draft Devin Booker years ago, and you slowly build upon it with even the tons of misses they've had. They slowly built upon it, and like Mikhail, and then you pick up a Cameron Payne later down, and you draft Aiton, and you get Cam Johnson. You know, you just start picking up players and talent, and then you get Chris Paulus, theoretically the final piece at that point, and they had a very solid team, and for the Mavericks, they you could call it they've had they haven't had that fortune or like whatever, but it's very perplexing because this team is in a cycle where they don't have anything to flip to make it better, but they don't have a path to get worse because they have someone who's way too good for that. And it's kind of like you're stuck on a it's like that scene in Temple of Doom 
where jo- Indiana Jones is on that bridge and you look both ways and there's not really anything you can do. That's kind of where the mass front office is right now. But I, I, I don't know. What do you think? No, I mean, I, I, I am. My position will still be that I am cautiously optimistic. I just get frustrated with the PR elements. And oh, for tonight, sure. tonight was like the first time in a while that I've really been like, are, are you fucking serious? It, it, it's, yeah, exactly. I think I, I'm not even for like J kid. I wasn't as frustrated as like he was, he was pretty open about like, yeah, we're going to miss Brunson. Like it's not going to be easy, but it's like you said about Mark. It's like, yes, you can be invested in a team, but that doesn't mean you have to go and talk about it because I think Mark sometimes thinks that he knows what he's talking about, but it's like, it's okay to admit you don't know what you're talking about and to just defer to other people and let them make decisions. And he seems almost afraid of that or like his ego is too big to do that sometimes, which is worrying. Well, he specifically said out loud, he, he specifically said, I think I should be the team's biggest proponent. And there is value in that to future customers. I don't think there's value in that as head of the team and basketball operations and GMing and stuff like that, because it's just like, I don't know. Like uh, we can easily replace Jalen Brunson scoring. Like, no, look, okay. If he had said it'll be difficult, but we will try to replace Jalen Brunson scoring. That's obviously a completely different proposition. But to say we could, or even if he says we're going to replace Jalen Brunson scoring, that's very different from putting the adjective easily. And I think he wants to extrude confidence, but it's like there's a time and a place to extrude it. That's my like, beef. That's yeah. exactly my beef. Like like the playoffs, like, oh, do it in the playoffs. Like, I could absolutely care less. Like, yes, puff your chest out. You're in the playoffs do it. But this is like off-season summer league. Let's not puff our chest out. Like who the heck knows what this roster is going to look like in the long term. And I I do feel like I feel bad just overall because like it seems like who the heck knows what's going to happen because this off-season in general has just been it's not been good, but it's not been bad. It's just been really weird, weird. just for the Mavericks, yeah. but every team in general. Like like the, the Suns haven't done anything. The Pacers haven't done anything. Like, arguably the only teams that you could say have had decent off-seasons are the Pistons, the Knicks, and the Magic, who are all not really great teams and have just continued their development. And all these other teams that are trying to contend are in this weird nebulous. And it's... Yeah, I've been talking too long, but I'll talk another time. But it, it's been no, great, you're good, man. All right. Thanks for hanging out. Talk soon. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's the middle of summer, guys. What else are we going to do? Logan, what's up? How's it going, Kirk? Okay. Okay. So, uh, what are you thinking? I had to, I, I recorded the game because I couldn't watch it. <laughs> so, and then I like got on You're the time- true sicko. Yeah. I got on the timeline. Got on the timeline and everybody was talking, and I was like, maybe I just should, but I'm writing about Hardy for this blog. So I was like, I feel like I have to watch it. And then the funny thing is I've mostly already written the article and I wrote it after the first game, which it's not like crazy hyperbole that he's going to be amazing. 
but I, I still had a pretty positive slant of being like, what is this guy? You know, there's, sure. there's hope. And then like, they're supposed to put it out tomorrow. And I'm like, I don't want to put it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I, no, I, I, I still, so, so the stuff that you, the, look, this is always my thought when I do summer league stuff, is the player doing anything that is NBA translatable? Anything. So far on this roster, AJ, uh, what's his last name? Um, AJ Lawson and Lawson. Jaden Hardy are the only two players in the Mavericks roster that have shown me an NBA anything. Anything. The rest of it has been right. really piss poor basketball. Um, the guy that we had on the two way, what's wrong with me from last season? The guy, Moses Wright, uh, uh, like, you know, Tim Wright. wrote in his piece today that like, Moses Wright is like a front runner to get another like two way, and that I don't agree with him. A, but the only justification for that is this guy has a plus six wingspan with enormous arms, but maybe it's like plus eight. Like his arms are just ridiculous. But he is a he is not a basketball player. He is a concept, and, no. and it's like <laughs> yeah. um, who, who's the who's the center for the Warriors that that killed us? Um, the like the idea Looney. is like you play him like Looney, and he can develop and. I, the Mavericks don't have time for that. They just don't have time for it. They don't have the depth for it. it like turning a wing, right. turning a, la- a rangy wing into a center is is what the hope would be. And it's just you know you watch this sort of stuff. And and Hardy, I have liked elements of what Hardy has done. He has forced the issue. He has turned over the ball. He has also taken some absolutely gorgeous like sidestep and and kind of diagonally back threes. And can he do that if he's catching passes from Luka Doncic? Yes. So kind of my whole thesis of the article is that he is a very imaginative player. Like he, his handle is completely inconsistent and he'll dribble it off his foot. But he has like, I mean, this has always been the story with him. This is why the people that love him love him is that whether it's creating the shots the way he does or trying a dribble move, he has some ingenuity with that stuff. It's just that it seems like he doesn't know how to harness it at all. But um, I think the first game that obviously was a lot more clear, like you were like, Oh, there's something here. You know what I mean? And I don't well, think well, the bulls also just might not be very good. So it's like, it's always difficult to like, to, to figure out what's the context of, of what a guy's doing, but that game was fun and I'm happy with it. Well, do you, do you know how they schedule summer league games? Cause I've noticed we basically played the other worst teams. And I was like, is yeah, this, yeah, uh, yeah. they, they schedule that first weekend for TV and for viewership, not necessarily viewership, but like in-game accountability. Like you watch the people in the crowds as the games go on. That first Friday and Thursday, everything is packed. The Saturday is out of control. And then from there, it's kind of downhill. So it's like the best teams will play. You get four games guaranteed, and then they go to this wonky like tournament type thing. But by that point, nobody wants to play except for the guys who are still trying to like make rosters. So they, they kind of front load like your Oklahoma cities, your Detroit's like those guys played twice. And so it's, I, I should have thought of this, the Mavericks were right. a terrible team. Like I should have gone out there starting today. And I just wasn't thinking when I bought my ticket, cause I kind of do this out of my own pocket. So that's, that's how that ends up to answer your question. Right. Well, I guess I, I wanted to just talk about the, my frustration with like the PR machine, the Mavs industrial complex, as I put it, um, that 
like, and I mean, I know you kind of like end up having almost working relationships with some of these people that are like the people telling us to calm down all the time. So you don't have to really spiel about it, but there's like a disorganization right now. Like the Christian wood thing is weird. I just wish they were almost like, Hey, we're still positive. We have Luca, but like, you guys are right. This shit's weird. You know, just the same thing you're talking about the stink. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's weird not to, or to say what the plan is. It's just like a very, and I kind of thought we were past that a little bit. I thought that was, you know, Donnie Nelson era more so. And it just seems, I don't know. Yeah. Just, we want to know what the plan is. You know what I mean? Yep. I do. Because the Christian Wood thing, I mean, Tim Cato is, you know, usually has pretty good sourcing on, like, Christian Wood is someone you have to handle with care. If you didn't want to do that, you shouldn't have gotten him. Because you're going to have to massage his ego and, like, you know, I don't know. It just, I mean, maybe they think, you know, it's a, it's a earn the starting spot with defense, kind of like it's its own motivational thing. And I'm not going to say I know better than they do about that. But it just seems, like, really tricky to have him coming off the bench but well that was that was a weird thing to me that that speaks to a different it's like you just lost a guy who wanted to be a starter for less money than you probably could have offered him all because of role it bothered me in the sense of it it just felt like an own goal that you didn't need to kick where it's just who is telling tim that yeah why like what's the upside well, that's been that's been a kind of the disorganization thing that I'm talking about is that like a lot of the reporters who it's not their problem. They're not doing anything wrong. But like from the beginning, it was like, we're going to get a wing. And then they got Joel McGee. And then it's like Christian Wood's going to be on the bench. And then we were talking about the way differently about Brunson and stuff. It's just like, I feel like after getting the Western Conference, we were like, oh, we just kind of have our shit together when in fact, like, that was just something that was completely the team of players and kid too. I mean, he's a good coach, but like it didn't just make us have our shit together. And that's very frustrating. You know what I yep, mean? It's like, I do. that's the first thing that should be right. Is that like from ownership on down, it's just this machine. And it's like, it really frustrates me when it doesn't feel like it's a well, well oiled machine. And then that makes it even more frustrating when people tell us to calm down. Cause it's like, yeah, we may be like, talking about the roster, maybe we're going overboard, but just like wanting some semblance of like, of, of seeming like they know what they're doing. Like we're saying, like a plan, like that's not too much to ask for. And people shouldn't like cover for that by being like, we have Luca. It's like Luca and and the front office, like responding correctly, have nothing to do with each other. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't know. I understand. Well, thank you, buddy. Go go watch your summer league game and oh, write about basketball. I'll just I'll, I'll just have it on most likely. Yep. Thanks, Kurt. Right, man. Talk soon. Um, so I'm gonna address this real quick. Jonas in the chat says, "How much more to the Brunson story is there? Do you think?" And my my opinion piecing together the various stories is that the Mavericks had no idea that Brunson was going to get offered this much. I think if they knew that the Knicks were making this kind of hard press and they weren't interested in keeping him as recently, like in February, they would have traded him at the deadline. I think they got caught unawares. Um, I will say that what has happened in New York gives the Mavericks an easy out uh, they, we were never given the chance to offer is something that has been said out loud repeatedly. 
I promise you, man, if the money's high enough, he's going to listen. But they had a walkaway price. That's okay. They're never going to admit that, but I'm pretty sure they had a walkaway price that was probably something north of, of $23 million a season. That's, that's just kind of how I feel. Um, so that's, that's just the nature of it. I'm, it's, it's done. It's a little frustrating, but that's where we are. All right. Coming up last, my guy Grayson. What's up? Hey, Kirk. Howdy. Uh, can I be honest with you? Always. I'm losing my fucking mind. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm just, I don't, I know you can't say this, so I'm just going to say it. Can they stop gaslighting us? Like, I'm so tired of this. Well, I mean, I can say it. I've asked for that. Like, I yeah. just, like, stop telling me that the good thing is, uh, that, that the bad thing is good. It's not like, that hard. I get, I get that we just made a Western Conference Finals and that I need to chill out. But also, we just lost our second best player for nothing. Yeah. Like, that sucks. And I have a yeah. right to be mad about that. Yes, you do. And, like, please just stop going on television and handing Greg Anthony, like, a card of, like, propaganda and telling him to read it. Like, can we just not? Like, I, I'm losing. I'm going insane here. Like, Luca, Luca's like a. He seems like a pretty mellow dude. He's not gonna go to the media and get all pissy. But like, what he said, I mean, like, that's not a ringing endorsement, man. And I know he's being nice and saying that, you know, well, we'll, you know, I wanna, I wanna win a ring here because that's what every player says. But like, let's be honest, man. Like. We're in a player era. They have all the power. Kevin Durant just requested a trade with four years left in his contract. Luca could request a trade tomorrow. Like, I just, this is like insanity to me. Like, can we stop pretending that this has been a good offseason? We traded for a center for like, not, we traded nothing for a center and we're going to piss him off by benching him? Like, I, I just don't get it, man. I'm, I'm losing my mind here. I had to make peace a while ago. It was probably right before I moved here that if I was going to continue to do this at the volume that I do it with our site and with our shows that you guys participate in, that there was going to be elements of things where people started to tell me I'm wrong. Now, what I've been very, what I've learned really quickly in the last six weeks is that the folks who disagree with our sort of style of coverage, meaning when I say our, I'm including you guys who come on here and talk about this. Um, the people who are unhappy with it don't actually listen to what we have to say. <laughs> don't actually read the posts. They, there's, they, they read my pissy tweets and then go from there. And like Twitter is, is the void. Like anybody that acts like Twitter matters, it is influential, but it isn't the story. Um, it is the genesis of some of the story. So I understand why you're frustrated. I have been like this for a while. I will say that part of why I'm not as frustrated continues to circle back to the fact that I, I cannot believe they're done. If they end this off season this way before the season starts, I will cook them. Like, but I, just, I to, don't. Am I about to watch Frank Nielakina dribble the ball like for 12 minutes a game next season? Cause I'm, I, mean, I will maybe. go insane. Like I will come on these post game green rooms or whatever they're called now. And I will yell because I, sure. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down with that. Like they have to make another move and they have time to do that. But like, yep. I know you said you like Conley Kirk, but that dude is cooked. And I see nah. like every, I think it was hurt. I really think he was hurt. Him. Like is Boyan Bogdanovich and Pat Bev. Like, that's great. I would love it if those two guys sure. were on the mats, but are those guys going to make this team like 
like way like significantly better like how much is that really moving the needle i'm like, not sure but I, I i will tell you that this off season has been about adjusting expectations and some of this becomes a fact of what is more important to me as a person who doesn't get a say despite having a voice and i will say that like I, I will always live on the island of I want the Mavericks to prove me wrong so much more than I want to be right. Being right is useless. Like the Mavericks being good is is so much better for all of us. Like we like this more. <laughs> so I, I that's where I'm coming at it from. Where I, I in, until the things are really wrapped up, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna truly go off my rocker. I mean, I know I started the podcast a little bit that way, but that's mainly just because of cubes like staring into the camera and giving a wrestling promo. Um, but that, you know, that is what it is. Can I, uh, can I just give uh, speaking of a wrestling promo, can I just give my Mark Cuban spiel? I'm sure. sorry. Okay. Like as a person, a lot of respect for Mark, uh, what he's doing with that pharmacy plus thing is great. It's actually saving lives. It's really cool. But as an owner, Oh my God, I am losing my mind with him. Like, like, like I said, when I first came on, I'm just so tired of things happening and then him just gaslighting the fans about it. And it's not just like the Jalen thing. Like the reason that we lost Jalen was not because the Knicks, you know, offered him more money or he wanted to play there. It's because Cuban didn't fire Don Nelson when he walked out of the draft two years ago. And Donnie doesn't know how to structure a contract. So he let a dude be an unrestricted free agent. After his fourth year, like this is like there's just constant malpractice happening here. It's it's really genuinely wild to me. Like it it blows my mind. Like, and the reason that Cuban, I mean, I said Cuban fired Don. Cuban didn't fire anyone. Tim Cato fired Don Nelson. Like, this is insane to me. I'm just, I know I all I'm just repeating myself and saying I'm losing my mind, but like, I don't know, man. I'm just tired of the framing of this off season being like. Oh well, you know, they lost their second best player, but that's okay because they traded for Christian Wood. And like, hey, you know what? Like you said, I hope I'm wrong. Hope Christian Wood's an All Star next year. But um, can we not pretend like this is cool? Can we just not like this sucks? We lost our second best player, and I don't want to watch Frank Nealakina dribble the ball. So that's what that's that's what I have to say. You're muted, by the way. <laughs> That's how I'm really, really good at my own app. My, Jonas in the chat said something that killed me, and he says, they would tell you you would be talking different if we got Giannis. Well, it's just like, yes, I would also be talking differently if I found a million dollars on the ground. Like, what, what are we talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they trade Kevin Durant tomorrow for Tim Hardaway Jr., then I'll shut up. But, like, <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Like, come on. If we go get Pat Bev, what did Pat Bev shoot from three last year? Like thirty-two percent? I don't know. I'm just guessing. But like, come on, like really, really, yeah. no one is replacing. Oh my God, replacing Jalen Brunson scoring. Don't even. Get it's me just not that hard. Mind. It's also like real. It, it's just not that hard to come out and say Jalen Brunson cannot be replaced, but we are confident in what we can do in the attempt. Yeah, like that's fine. If they came out and say that, I'd be like, yeah, that's that's pretty much the case. And like, Jalen wanted to go play for his dad, and he got more money, and it's freaking New York City, like yep. playing in the garden. I get it. You know, like I get why Jalen left. I'm not mad at Jalen Brunson. 
I'm just I, I I don't I don't know who it was earlier that said it, the it's the Mavs media uh, industrial complex or whatever. Like it's not just Cuban. Like it's a lot of guys that I really like. Like like Brad, for example. I'm gonna go ahead mm-hmm. and call out Brad. Like Brad being like a lot of y'all are making a big deal out of a Google Translate quote. Like dude, we are allowed to freak out about things. Okay. Like did Cuban log on to your account and tweet that? Like can we just not? Can we not? Can we just stop the reframing? I'm losing my mind here. Not to mention a whole bunch of Spanish-speaking people were like, excuse me, this is what it says. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I don't speak Spanish, but I, that's, he didn't say, hey, you know, like, this has been a great offseason. I really support what the team is doing. Like, he, like I'm, I know I'm not the first person to say that, but, like, that was not a ringing endorsement. And that's my biggest concern is because, like, Luca, when he goes to the media, like barely says anything ever. So for him to be like, "Hey, this off season fucking sucks" in a nice way, is like pretty concerning to me. I'm not gonna lie. And I mean, it was. It, I, I, I'm telling you, like, like Skin, told, like Just Skin Wade told me a long time ago. He's like, you gotta listen to this stuff before you, before you lose your mind about it. And I've tried to do that since he said it because it's like some things just read terrible. They just do. And his Google Translate quotes do read poorly. And then I went and watched the video and he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, it's still media trained Luca stuff, but it was interesting that he said anything at all. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I'm worried. That's all. And I, I, and I have a right to be worried. God damn it. That's all. I know. I know. Katie asks, where is this video? So I, I can't remember what the site is, but like I included a hyperlink in our post that, um, that goes directly to the site and granted it's all in Spanish, but it's, it's still worth really like, like Luke is just so casual when he gives interviews. Um, and yes, in the chat, I, I, you know, I posted about my GE Opal 2.0 countertop nugget ice maker with the side tank. It's the dumbest thing I've ever spent money on and it makes Sonic ice and I've used it three to four times every day now that I work from home. So it's like, despite how ridiculous the price is, can't recommend it enough. Um, yeah, Holden says it also has Wi-Fi connectivity. Yeah, that might be a bit much, but that's America for you. Um, Grayson, thanks so much for hanging out. <laughs> Richard in the chat says, hashtag ad. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been doing this, like, what, two and a half years now, and I don't, it's like, You'd think I could get like a, a sponsorship with someone that does like one of the the uh, actual therapy like things, but no, you know, no. Who who wants to be on? You know, who wants to? Uh, we're, we're still we're still early, like, like the the fantasy focus uh, podcast that had no ads for like nine years. Nobody wants to hear me. Um, all right, guys, don't worry. You know, we get together, we talk about this. I rant and I rave because we have fun um there's still plenty of things going on like for example i am watching a recap or a a re-showing of the the boston celtics playing the golden state warriors and mavs legend justin jackson is on that team like we could still be talking about justin jackson and we're not so things can always be more weird um all right guys we'll talk a little later i know the mavericks play at least one more time i just don't really remember what it is um All right, Uh, I'll talk to you guys a little later in the week, I'm sure. Have a good one.